Hey, brothers and sisters of the dust, welcome Savage Business, the podcast. We're here and you're bringing me the heat as always. I am your host, Mitch Kamich, the Savage Business. And why do we do Savage Business, the podcast? It's simple. I get to know, talk to, and meet really interesting people in the world. They always have great stories to tell, but more importantly, they've achieved something in the form of success, impact, enlightenment, etc. They have something important to share. And I make sure to bring these people that I know, like, and trust to you so that you can learn something and get by better in life, get by better in business. And of course, just to get a little more savage in you while you're working at it. I got my brother from another mother, Mr. Andrew Jackson, Six Pack Dad, is joining us here today. Andrew, it's good to see you, brother. We're just getting to know each other really well. But I knew the moment that we started to connect and engage, you had to be somebody we came on here because you got a hell of a story to tell. So, brother, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here. Hi, everyone. And when our audience starts getting to you, man, they're going to love you. So you want to be able to hook up and connect with Andrew later on. Don't worry. Come back. Check out the episode. You can see all his links. Go check him out. Watch his content. The man is an absolute beast in what he does. Andrew, we always start this thing, very first segment as well, talking about how we got to where we are. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, you know, elite level status and, and really having a good life and a good business and good everything doesn't have do, doesn't happen without there being sacrifice and work. How did you get started in your business, of course, and become the six-pack dad? What was the catalyst for you? How did you get started? And what was part of those early days, those early months and years for you? Again, we're looking for great story, but more importantly, people can always learn from other people that are just getting started just like they did. Mm, yeah, sure. I guess there's two phases of my life that was my passion of health and fitness, which mm -hmm. started from an early age, like I'm talking 15 and I'm 43 now. And then there was the there's the business element, which is the the latter stage. So do you want me to go right back to the, the start or let's let's do it, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, so from an age of, you know, around 15, you know, I, I was, you know, it was it was the eighties and was it the eighties? No, it was the, it was the nineties. Sorry, um, and <laughs> the time time doesn't matter when you when you get past thirty. It's like whatever. No. <laughs> so, I was watching into those films like the Van Damme films, the Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, films, yeah. the, you know the the Rocky films, oh, the Rambo, and so those were the they were the, the action heroes, and and they all had great physiques. And so I wanted to be have a physique like them. I remember having Ooh. a Van Damme poster up in my room and he was yeah he was in the fighting stance i'm like and he's just all shredded six pack everything i'm like i'm gonna be like him i want to i want a physique like him so already from from a young age i was already i already had dreams and visions of of someone and uh what's that word i forgot what that word's called sorry carved uh, up as af <laughs> i was i was picturing myself to, to look like that so i you know i set that goal and so I um I started working towards. I started going. To, I had a home gym. I started training there, and then I went to university. Mm. I actually started a degree in Bachelor of Applied Science in Human yeah. Movement, and and that's all in relation to health and fitness. So I was I was doing university at the time, and then I, I started making friends with some bodybuilders who were who were actually competitive bodybuilders. I'm like, oh cool. They started showing me the ropes. They showed me how to diet for prepare for a contest, and I started going to a gym. And started training properly, and then oh, yeah. I had a men mentor who was helping me as well. How to train in the gym, and then I had someone, a mentor that was showing me how to compete as well, prepare for a contest. So in '99, I did my first show as a teenager. I was in a teenage division, 
I think I came second in in my state. So I was pretty, pretty pumped about that after a year of solid training. And then from then on, you know, it just, it just I just kept improving, started, you know, improving myself, perfecting myself. Got one, ended up winning five state titles, and I ended up in 2004 oh. winning an Australian Australian title, natural bodybuilding title. Yeah, I was really pumped about that. I achieved my oh, goal yeah. more than more than I could dream or imagine, to be honest. I, I would like to say I had a better physique than Van Dam. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a hell of a start! Not all people like that. What I what I loved is you just said something took me all the way back to high school. I had a yeah. I had a really close buddy that was uh, that we started working out and we were fortunate. His dad owned a fitness store, and his dad's best friend was like seven time Mister Canada, and so we had just you know you, you, when you get the right mentorship in place, what a difference it makes. You had a you had that goal, and at that young age to stay dedicated. What was the you know outside of being able to look down at yourself and at that young age? Yeah, we can be fairly self-evident self-serving in other words this is what i want to look like and i saw the poster and there's van damme and that what kept you driving and motivated because at that age we're typically not you know something kept that fueling you and i know the workout lifestyle itself can pump that up yeah i dropped that you know we're all talking the 90s anyway in fitness <laughs> as it was right we'll pump you up but what kept you moving then because that's not typical at that age yeah, it's, it's interesting because like I think it's the same with business. You set certain goals. Once you've reached those goals, you won't settle for those. You'll just reach for the next thing and you'll try and mm. do the best that you can. So you kept setting the bar higher and higher and higher. And that that's the same with all driven people. And I don't know, I don't know what I, what I can put it to, but I'm a, I was a very driven person back then. Mm. I would say I was, I'm a perfectionist and I just wanted to keep perfecting things. And, and like Arnie says in Pumping Iron, you know, it's like almost like pottery, like, like it's art. You want to, perfect the biceps here if it's this one smaller than the other and it was like a work of art i was working on all my weak points and trying to improve myself to be that perfect physique once i won the australian title like oh, that was the accomplishment it's about about accomplishment after you reach a certain level it's not about that how you look it's more about the accomplishment trying to achieve yeah. the best that you possibly can yeah that's that's absolutely staggering brother and i mean from all those days coming forward to now there always has to be a moment though, where you think, damn, am I like, am I, what was the worst doubt moment you walked into? We can usually remember that first time life kind of challenges us for a moment, particularly pursuing our dreams. And you went straight to the top. You had to have those moments. You had to have those dark periods as well. What was one of those, if you can remember one very, very clearly, you know, and you're obviously you overcame it, but what was one of those that kind of stands out to you from that early period of your life? Hmm. Yeah, the, the only one that really stood out was probably when I started that I didn't have the belief that I, I was at the standard to compete. I didn't have the belief that I could actually win or even place. And what overcame that belief was having that mentor that spoke those words of affirmation to me saying, yes, you can do this and, and instilled that belief in me. And so I guess it was a mixture of that as well as actually going to actually do it and seeing the outcome of it. That belief yeah. really just rose and overcome that. Mm, always staggering early on to have mentorship, right? How much of that carries forward now? I mean, obviously life has evolved and you've become far more mature as that followed forward. What's outside of that, that mentorship and that drive? What's one thing that you are maybe constantly surprised that stays with you from those early days, you know, discipline is a practice very few people have. 
you know, investing in mentorship early on and being able to set aside your ego is there. What's something else that kind of paces forward and you're constantly using now? Mm, yeah. It's funny you say, uh, talk about discipline. And I'll sidetrack a little bit, but it's worth it. I was speaking to, I'll help out with bodybuilding posing classes sometimes because I'm a ju head judge now. And I was speaking to a, an Olympian, an ex-Olympian. He was a, a, a hundred meter sprinter. And he was actually preparing for a contest. And, and I was looking at him and he just looked like, like you could just tell on his face that he was so tired and, and worn out. I go, what's wrong, man? He goes, man, he goes, I've trained for the Olympics. You know, I was in the 2004 Olympics and nothing has ever been so hard compared to preparing for a bodybuilding contest. Mm -hmm. So he, he is saying that preparing for a bodybuilding show is a lot harder than the Olympics which goes to show the level of discipline required for it and mental strength as well, because it's not a team sport. It's an individual sport. So it's, yeah. it's used. Yeah. But, and I, I imagine that is remarkably different. Now you did that at a professional level and I did it you know, recreationally. You know, we just share a little bit of background, just on alignment on, on commonality, but nothing to the, to the level that you took it to. That is telling because if you're, let's say, a fighter, you have a fight camp and you have a fight trainer and you have a coach and you have a, a doctor and you have a therapist and you have all these other elements that are there and you have different disciplines, right? If you're a mixed martial arts fighter now, UFC or something like that, you got your jiu-jitsu coach and you got your boxing coach and you got your cardio coach and you got your main primary coach and you got your therapist and you got your, you got your performance coach, right? You know, uh, quite a bit more of that mindset, stuff like that. In those days, there wasn't a lot of that. And I'm imagining that there's not an awful lot of that work. So some of that for early competitors really is more about showing up and just, just working and communicating amongst the tribe and your workout partners until you find something like that. It's very isolated. Hmm. Yeah. And that's the importance of finding someone like a mentor or a coach that's one step ahead of you and that you actually align with as well. Mm, love it. Love it. What would you change from the past that might, let's say, accelerate things? I mean, we always look back and we can marvel, revel, and accept, celebrate the things that went well. And we always look at a couple of things and say, man, I, I would, I'd go back. I often tell people because the, the young me, you know, I, I taught, a, taught a martial arts for years and years and years. And the young me would kick my ass, you know, he was not in a position to listen, but there are a few things I would always go back and say, Hey, Mitch, listen, I know you really feel like beating the crap out of me right now, but if you give me two minutes, listen to older me, you know, check out the beard and the gray hair, listen to older me. And you really want to focus on this. What would you go back and tell yourself? Mm, I'd probably say, don't just stick to, I guess, one, one mentor. Don't limit don't limit yourself to one mentor or one word of advice. Go seek a range of advice. And there might be people that have even more material, more wisdom or more knowledge than the one that you've currently got. Always always seek a wide, wide range of advice and wisdom from other people because you could have achieved more by taking on that advice and having more knowledge because the one that I had wasn't teaching me everything that I needed to know. I didn't know at the time. So by me seeking out more people, I probably would have known those things and could have accelerated my results at the time. 
Mm, fantastic. Listen, brother, we're going to take a short break right now. I'm loving the conversation we're having up until this moment. Hey, tribe, you're sitting out there, brothers and sisters of the dust. Pause for a moment. Come back for part two, round two with my brother, Andrew Jacks. We'll be right back in a moment. Buckle up, part two of our episode, Savage Business, the podcast with my brother, Andrew Jacks. Six-pack dad is in the house. We've been really working hard on how you got started in life. And it's a fascinating story because early on that discipline, et cetera, but that's not everything in life. You know, you, you're not just a, uh, you're not just a muscle head or a meat head. And you're not just a judge anymore for that sort of stuff. Life evolved, taught you many lessons. You've taken those forward to where you're sitting at now. And obviously with such a cool entity. And I got to say name for your business is stellar, man. Like that gets to the point quick six pack dad. So we, had the idea at some point to dive into entrepreneurship and business, what it was like starting there and what's it been like for you the last couple of years as you navigate coming into business. And of course, we got that big C word that kind of landed in the middle of a lot of people's professional life, et cetera. That always had its impact. Let's start from there. What was like the moment you decided entrepreneurhood was the thing, what became the driver, the impetus for Six Pack Dad and what was getting started in business like has the last little while been? Mm, yeah. So I was always a fan of online business, the fact that I could do it remotely from anywhere in my own time. I didn't have to physically go anywhere in terms of like an office or a gym or do face-to-face -face personal training, which I was doing previously. So I had the flexibility of, of doing things on my own terms, as well as being able to reach out to the entire world. Okay, And, and something that I feel like is, is God's purpose has given to me is that I've been able to maintain my physique or most of it from when I was mm -hmm. from a young age all the way up until now. And what's happened over that those phases, there's been plenty of seasons that have happened, right? Yeah. So, so going from different occupations, um, starting a business, I'm being a, becoming a husband, a father of three children. They're all under the 13, okay? And so what happens when men go through those phases, their, things start to drop off their priorities start mm. to change, their health starts, can diminish and be neglected. They stop exercising because of time or injury or motivation. And then even mentally as well, people start to have issues for various reasons. And because I've been able to maintain consistency with all those aspects of life, exercise, yeah. health, mental health, right up until now, I was 43, people were noticing that. Uh, especially the other other men and they're like they were very impressed by it and they, they they were inspired by it and they kept asking me andrew how do you do it how do you do this how are you so consistent how are you maintaining that six-pack you know uh, with a little bit of envy behind it <laughs> and and so i'm like okay <laughs> i'm like i'm like every time we go to a beach and that they tell their wives to close their eyes so <laughs> Um, That's a little savage, brother. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've got to do. I've got to get this out to the world. If, if this many people are asking me, there's a need for it. So let me put everything together into a package, into a program. Okay, everything that I've been doing over these the course of these years, these decades, and 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 just teach the world, teach other dads that want to know. Mm. And so I put it together, and in, in, in 2020, at the end of 2020, I decided to, to launch Six Pack Dad, and it's a six week online. Habit Transformation Program is my core program. And I've been able to serve men globally, USA, mainly USA, um, New Zealand, Australia, and the UK from that. I love that. What was the, other than men making their wives avert their gaze when you walk by, right? 
shame, shame. You can almost hear the hear the bell being rung as as they're as you're walking walking through their field of vision. What was a catalyzer in these men's lives? They started to come in because fitness online doesn't fit the mold until you have some worldwide catastrophe like COVID that shoves us all inside for a moment. And then people are like, maybe I could, right? YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, something. You know, it's not just for cat and dog videos and, and you know, light pornography. It's for everything. You can learn just about anything under the sun. When did you know that it was landing with people at that moment? Like, was it the, was it just the local population that was coming up? It's the first time you got an international client. What made you think, man, I'm really onto something. Yeah, I was, I would say there's a particular community in Australia, New Zealand called the brethren community. I'm too sure if you're familiar with them and it's gone wild in that community. They've, they've had, they had one or two people that started doing it. And then they saw the amazing results from it. It actually fit in with their lifestyle. They had very social people. Um, they have a lot of gatherings, social gatherings, and a lot of food drinker flowing. And the fact that it's not restrictive, they don't have to exercise to get to their healthy weight. They started seeing those results. Word of mouth started going around. And once I saw people coming to me from that community and everyone that does the program, everyone loves it and are getting results, that's when like that was like the aha. Yes, this is oh, this is what it's all about. This is what I'm supposed to do. How quickly did it accelerate? I mean, that just that doesn't happen overnight. Very rarely do we see those instances. We've seen a few, you know, most recently. Our boy Oliver with his song, you know, Richmond North of Virginia, you know, Rich, Richmond North of Richmond, and other stuff like that. Very few that happen, but recognizing that catalyst is really important. What resonated with you about that? What really stood out to you and thought, okay, I got to lean in here right now. What was it like to accept that and then navigate forward, knowing that this was going to start to steamroll on you, really pick up some momentum? Yeah, I think it was more about, okay, it, it validated the program. It validated me as, as a coach and an expert. And that uh, it validated the offer that I was offering these people, these men. So the fact that, that it was it was validated i'm like okay i don't need to really change this now i'm just going to keep doing this and the thing that i have to focus on now is number one getting it out to as many people as possible and we know what that's like in the online space fighting for people's attention yeah. and then also making sure that i deliver them results mm. with this and as you're talking it just occurred to me you spend so much time delving into the physical world that obviously creates impact feedback etc when it comes to our our physiology our neurology the, the psychological impact that it has when we start to feel better in our own skin and confident but business is a workout in a sense in and of itself what's it been like to manage the workout that has been building that business in conjunction to maintaining your own fitness but maintaining your relationship with your wife you know making sure that you got that you got time and yourself present for your kids between such a, a passion-driven opportunity like keeping your own fitness and lifestyle well and then building this business and creating an impact, how do you how do you maintain that balance? What is it that you do now? Make no mistake, I don't believe in balance necessarily in the form of life and business because when you're passion-driven and you're, you're predestined or preordained to do something, however, you have to be able to stop, put things away to care for what's really important. How are you finding dealing with that? As a own business owner, feel like the business is like your baby, and I could I could spend all day, all day on it if I wanted to to grow it, 
to look after my clients. And, and that's because of the, the drive and the passion. You have to make a deliberate action to just step away from the desk, step away from your office, your computer, your phone, and just try as best as you can to switch off. It's, it's, I think it's impossible to completely switch off when you're a business owner. There's always things ticking in the back of your head. But to understand that, you know, it's not all about that. I always think when you're on your deathbed, what's the thing that you're going to be cherishing and thinking about the most? Is it going to be your business? Mm. Is it going to be your bank account? Or is it going to be the relationships that you had with your family? So I don't want to mm. get, I don't want to have any regrets. My children are at an age, you know, between six and 12, where once they get older, they won't want to spend as much time or give me as, as much attention in their teenage days and adult days. So I need to cherish and make the most of that, this very time sensitive period. So that's, that's my motivation as well as my wife as well. I need to yeah. make sure we don't neglect that relationship because uh, you know, I know there's a lot of business people that have potentially lost their, their spouses because of just being too focused, too uh, heavily consumed by the business and neglecting people that they should be i guess running the business for and providing for mm. on that one the last question in this section before we take a take another pause for a moment because we're talking about what kind of where the business is at right now you have to because you deal with people now you and i have a similar job in that we kind of meet people where they're at but you have to work with people in that place or that state where they're at but also be able to catalyze change right become a change agent really and get them to go through mechanics and steps and even though they've made a decision maybe they haven't they aren't all the way sold in what are some of the really challenging parts that you found navigating that and what's some of the tough parts you've had you've dealt with dealing with people you know i with covid you had to have heard some pretty dark moments out of people you know i heard i've heard suicide talk and i've heard relationships collapsing and and abuse and neglect and all sorts of ugly things happened when we were all contained those never went away we thought maybe they were a little better hidden had to be some of that stuff in there how do you manage that and and what are some of those that stand out to you right now so that you're always mindful or maybe even just very diligent working with people because you could be in a trusted position while it's not your job we find that we have to step into some of that Yeah, look, I like to think that a lot of my nurture through my social media content and my emails are all are all designed to shift the beliefs of my audience and to change their mindset and their perspective and their beliefs. So I'm doing a lot of, I guess, shifting people's mindsets and beliefs before before they actually come to me, because mm-hmm. I have people, I have people that have been following me for two years. And I don't even know who they are until they book a call with me. I'm like, dude, you never engaged with my posts. You never replied to my emails. You've been following me for two years. I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a massive phase, pre-phase before they come to me that, that it takes them a while to get warmed up to me, to get warmed up to what I believe in, what I stand for before they come to me. So they're already, they're already primed when they come to me. Then when I speak to them on a call, there's some objections and things that some things that we need to deal with then. And so that's like step two. And then if they decide to partner with me, work with me, then that's step three. And that's where we work together 
about helping them through any issues that they're dealing with, helping them overcome that because they've they've hired me to do that for them. And so the focus is is health. That mindset is also very important because they're both linked together. And I try and help them through through that as they as they hire me throughout the program. Love it. Ask you the last question in this segment. What's one of the fun parts about this? Or what's one of the days that jumps out as, as a great day for you just in the last little bit? You know, we get challenging days and a lot of days we just have, hey, this is just what we're doing. You know, we're we're in our groove. We're on the tracks and we're chasing it forward. But there are some pretty good days. There's some pretty sweet days. There's pretty fun days. The ones that you think, man, that really titillated. Like if I could manufacture more of that, bottle it up, I'd love it. What was one of those that stands out to you? Mm. Monday mornings are, are normally my best days. And that's because everyone does their, their check-ins, their weigh-ins. Okay. So every time I'm, I'm seeing everyone's weight drop um, and their waist drop as well, I'm like fist pumping the air. And it makes me yes. feel good. It's very rewarding, you know? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so that, that's, that's my favorite part of, the, part of the week, to be honest, because, yeah, like you said, the business is, is challenging. It's the most challenging thing I've ever done. And it has really tested me mentally. But I think one thing that did stand out was a gentleman who's 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 quite overweight, who's very has very a lot of confidence issues, was very fearful and apprehensive about doing anything. For him to actually get on a call with me was a massive challenge for him. And then for him to actually commit to the program was a massive challenge. And then uh, seeing the smile on his face as the weeks progressed, whenever we spoke about the difference it was making to his life and then at the end of the six weeks he sent me a message saying you have no idea of how this has turned my life around Mm. i was almost in tears (laughs) oh oh that's validating we're we're taking a pause on that one brothers and sisters the dust savage business the podcast this is part two with my brother andrew jacks we'll be right back here in a second we are back Part three, Six Pack Dad himself is rocking it in here with the Savage of Business. And we, as always, in the third segment, talk about some challenges and tribulations, talk about what's coming next, stuff we're looking forward to. And I always throw a really interesting question in there, too, to get some perspective from people. So, Andrew, as always, thank you for jumping in here as well. And just as we were off taking that short break as well, talked a little bit, too. Business is always full of some really wicked, fun, interesting, and sometimes scary challenges that never goes away for a man who's dedicated his entire life to helping, first of all, improve his own self and his own quality of life, and now passing it on to other people. Business is a constant, never-ending war. There's some real difficulties, challenges, and hell, it wouldn't be this podcast if it didn't say savagery that goes with it. What are the ones that keep coming back after you over and over again? And how have you been managing and mitigating it? What's the part that makes you always pause and go, damn, I got to deal with that now? Mm. There's two things with online business because there is a diff- there's a massive difference between online business and a local brick and mortar business. And some people go into it not knowing the difference and they get smacked pretty hard if they don't, don't, don't understand what is required for the online business. Because the online business, you, you, you have access to the world Okay, mm. you have access to it, but it's you facing the entire world. It's you competing with the entire world. And so for me, I have to get myself out there to the entire world. I have to fight, like I've said before, I have to fight for people's attention. 
And my demographic adds another layer of challenge. My demographic are men who are 30 plus, okay, are not very, are not people that are typically engages or respond very mm -hmm. well. And then at another layer on top of that, a lot of these men, because they are overweight, they lack discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So for me to try and get their attention, <laughs> to get a response from them, is I, I can't think of anything more challenging. I've I've had a lot of challenges in my life, but this business has been the most mentally tough thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I've had some really dark days, dark moments, but thank God I've been able to push through it. And without without God being there for me as well to turn to, mm. I wouldn't have got through it. So there's a whole range of things, but that's the main thing is, is I guess, having so much commitment, drive and passion to help these men and then not getting enough back from them in terms of a response or commitment, that's the biggest challenge yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. I'd say say it again for the people in the back, but we don't know where the people in the back, whether they're listening or not. So we'll just stick with that one for all. challenges. You just hit it, man. What was a dark one? What was a dark one? Was a tough one? You thinking, man, this business. Oh, I don't know because everybody, including me, has an I don't know moment. Yeah, the savage business dude that's done this for a long damn time sometimes goes, I don't know. And then you pull your pants up and tighten your waistband and get after it. What was one of those moments? Mm. I've had a lot of those moments. I would say. <laughs> uh, That's fair. <laughs> a lot of those moments. I would say it, it would, that would be the, the months where, you know, I've had some good months and then months where there's, there's been no results. There's been the, all the work. There's been all the actions. I've done everything possible. And that the results haven't been there. And then just to throw even extra fuel on the fire is hiring another company to help me out with getting better results or, or hiring yeah, another business to help, to help me out and investing a lot of money with those people and then actually not getting any more results. Probably be, better mm -hmm. being off on my own sometimes because they couldn't get me those results. And so that, that 10x, I guess, the, those dark days yeah yeah that's an interesting one as well because we are subject to market condition right there are seasons for everything we're subject to responsiveness depending on the attitude the population in general out there you know how well they're there or how quickly they're willing to respond to the stuff we hang out there and then when you think something like marketing or branding or sales for instance which are necessary. They are absolutely 100% needed in every business, depending on who is looking at what you've got and who you're trying to tap on the shoulder as a partner, just may or may not get your product. Doesn't mean they're not good at the job. They don't get your product or your service you're offering and they can't do you a service. And yet you don't know until after that's a tough place to be. Mm, yeah. What is your stop point when you're stuck in those spots, what's the part where you just say, okay, I'm going to cut loose and, you know, walk away over here. Or do you find that you get kind of railroading yourself almost into sticking with that solution? Like what, what has been your mm. experiences as you're going through that? Because I know a lot of business owners that 
they never pull the ripcord. You know, they never cut loose until they just get mad and end up firing somebody or there's a big fight or nothing happens for months and months and months. Have you started to develop some of that? And what's it been like for you to be able to say, you know what, mm. I'm good where I'm at right now. I'm just going to reset and then pick the next path forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of learning from failures. Failure is feedback. So I try not, I try and be positive about it. I try and look at it as an avenue that we can try this way. If it doesn't work this way, okay, I might, might have made a loss of time and, and money, but at least I'll look at it as I'm not going to pursue that anymore. And I know that we can close that door and move on to the next thing, okay? Until I find the right thing. And I know when I do find the right, right thing, then I'll be all in on that. And that will make up for all, the, all those past failures, in my, my opinion. Mm. We're talking about some of these trials that we're going through. What is one of the trials or obstacles you see coming up? You know, we we get a little prescient. We get used to certain things after a while, and you can look just far enough down the road and think, mm, I'm going to be dealing with that in the next little while. What's one that you foresee coming up over the next little bit that you know you're going to have to wade, wade yeah. ass deep into? A big one is a saturation of content, especially mm. with AI. Now everyone can just type in a few prompts and pump out all this all this um, content, right? Um, I'm actually not too worried about that, but I need to be aware of it. And so do other business people because what, what will stick out um, in the coming years is your brand, your reputation, and your unique character, as well as your um, social proof. All those things mm. will rise mm. up to the top and all these people bring out what's going to assume be generic AI contact, con content. People are going to recognize that. People are going to get, are going to understand it because they're going to see so much of it. They're going to say, oh, that, that's, that's not, that's not really him. That's, I've, I've seen something like that before because that's not speaking yeah. to that person's un unique voice. And so for me, I, I think it has to all, and we want, we'd love to see short term su success happen quickly and, and short, in the yeah. short term. But I have to keep looking at the long term vision and saying, long term, long term, let's just nurture these people, let's love on these people, let's give them value. Let's show them who, who I am, what I'm about through my own voice, not through a computer, as in AI computer. And hopefully um, they will see that rather than getting swept by all this other content and other coaches that are saturating the market. Love it. I love the way you just put love on them. You know, that's something that people tend to miss an awful lot in business is that your customers, your clients are, are people that you got to love. You got to love in a certain way. You got to take good care of. You want to invest in those relationships. So I love the way you put that love on people. It's brilliant. I also think you've answered this, but if you went back to the younger you, what's the one, and again, your business started not that long ago, but you've been in business your entire life with the advent of driven to pursue a sense of excellence in your own body, your own form, your own sense of self, the way you occupy space. What lesson would you go back and pass on to the younger you right now, but wading into this entrepreneurial journey that you think would help you catalyze a, a smoother path forward? Mm. I, I would really have liked to have started a lot earlier. You know, we get conditioned coming out of school, go to school, go to university, find a job, work for an employer. Um, but I really would have liked to have I guess, started earlier in the entrepreneur space 
And if I had started 20 years ago, you know, I'd be a lot more set um, with my business now rather than grinding away whilst I still have, you know, I have a family that I could be spending time with. So get start as early as possible. I, I mirror you, brother. Absolutely. I'd go back and if 25 year old me didn't kick my ass, I'd be like, get started now, pal. Don't wait. Do not wait until you're 40. Get your butt in gear and get it going. And, and that's what I'm trying to teach my son, who's 12 now as well. He, I'm, I'm getting him. We're starting a car wash, mobile car wash business. So, <laughs> Listen, man, you need to launch a website. Make sure I got the link so we attach it to this, uh, this episode too because your mobile car wash is going to need some love as well. I love that. Bold and daring decisions. What's one of the boldest you've ever done? in business what do you what do you take when i say bold or i say daring or i say ballsy or whatever other term is two dudes talking to each other you know gutsy what do you consider one of those daring or bold decisions you made Mm. i would say going all in on this business i was always prior to this business i was looking at other other ways to earn an income through different different online businesses or through real estate and i was going from one to the next and I wasn't really fully focused on one. Um, and so what I decided was, okay, I'm going to put a stop to all this. I'm going to wipe all those away. And then I'm just going to focus solely on this, which I know is my passion. I know I've validated this mm. offer. I know people want it. They need it. And that's my purpose. So I'm just going to go 100% all in on this and I'm not going to look back and I'm going to keep going and keep going until I make it work the way I want it to. Love it. All right, last question, buddy. You ready? Here's the hard ball. It's coming right down the middle. I don't know if you're a cricket fan or a baseball fan or a footy fan. doesn't matter which one you are, but this one's coming with heat. Savage Business, name of the podcast. You knew the question had to crop up. I also put it in the, in the teaser questions when I uh, you know send out the questionnaire ahead of time to everybody that's going to come on the show. How would you define being savage in business, and how does that contribute to your success? It's about being completely 100% relentless in your pursuit for success and fulfilling your purpose and not letting anything hold you back or stop you. That's what it's all about. Mm. Well said, sir. Well said. Six pack dad, Andrew Jacks is in the house. Brother, thank you so much for jumping in here, sharing some wisdom in that. People, if you're listening, obviously you need to be able to go and get yourself hooked up with this man. And if you need to get some of the couch potato out of the ass into your pants, you should probably do it with my brother here. He'll be able to hook you up and he can do it anywhere in the world. So when you can pick up the glowing box that normally sits in your pants pocket and you run out excuses to not get off your ass and do something just by doing what? Letting the glowing box do the talk and talking to this man. Well, you're running out of excuses. Discipline's cooked right into the system as well. You need to transact. Brother, thank you for joining us on this episode of Savage Business, the podcast as well. I look forward to many conversations in the future. And now for our audience out there, you need to check us out. We're only like on like 40 platforms. If There's also no excuse not only to start working out with Andrew and get your ass in gear, but listen to this episode. Go check out the other episodes. We're shooting season one right now. Season two is going to come in the early part of 2024. Learn something from it. After all, the only reason I'm doing this, other than I enjoy talking to these people, and I think they've got something cool to add, 
is because of you. I listen to my own voice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I get paid good money to listen to my own voice, help fix other people's problems inside of business. I went out of my way to put together this property to do one thing, find people that are doing something really well, talk about it out loud. Why? They've got stories and lessons to convey, to teach you how to do things in business and in life better because they've gone through trials and tribulations, challenges. They've had some of those hiccups. doesn't mean you're going to avoid anything that's remotely challenging in life simply because you follow along with other people. But the one proven predicator for success is having education and mentorship, which allows you to speed up the process, narrow down the amount of time to learn things, and improve yourself because of it. I find great people. I let you listen to their stories. I ask them smart questions so that you can learn from their trials and tribulations so you can get better at your job as well. Mr. Sixpack Dad, thank you for joining us. I am Mitch Cavage. I am the Savage in Business. This is in Savage in Business, the podcast. Check out this episode. Check out the rest of the episodes. And we'll see you, brothers and sisters of the dust, next time on Savage in Business, the podcast. Have a fantastic day.